At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. It goes without saying that Donald Trump should not merely already be under indictment. He should already be under 24-7 guard in a supermax prison. But he is not. And so we have to view last night's leak from the Justice Department that it is considering a special Trump counsel as good news. Any movement is good news. Any leak is good news. Any pushback against the narrative that you cannot prosecute the greatest criminal in American history because he was president is good news. CNN quoted sources familiar with the matter who said that DOJ officials have debated naming a prosecutor, a special counsel, when Trump makes his campaign to seize power again official. As you know, he has been pretending he was not running since noon on January 20th, 2021. Last night in Iowa, he told one of his cult rallies that he will, quote, very, very, very probably do it again, so they should get ready. You bet. 
Indicting an active candidate for the White House would surely spark a political firestorm, CNN notes, ignoring that not indicting this active candidate for the White House would also surely spark a political firestorm and don't call me Shirley. Quote, while no decision has been made about whether a special counsel might be needed in the future, DOJ officials have debated whether doing so could insulate the Justice Department from accusations that Joe Biden's administration is targeting his chief political rival. Obviously, you and I already know what CNN does not. When Trump is prosecuted and the use immunity that justice gave his lackey Cash Patel on Wednesday is more support for the timeline of an espionage indictment in the first week of January, when he is prosecuted, nothing will insulate the Justice Department because Trump supporters in the Republican Party, in the other seditionist and terrorist organizations of this country, in the brainwashing media led by Fox News and Newsmax, They will self-martyr as they self-martyr over anything related to Trump. It is their essence. But there are two other details in the CNN special counsel story that continue to point to impending indictments of Trump. And I don't even think the CNN reporters understand what they have here, more than what they describe as signs of activity inside that sleepy little town of Garlandville. Quoting their story, The Justice Department is also staffing up its investigations with experienced prosecutors so it's ready for any decisions after the midterms, including the potential unprecedented move of indicting a former president. Who does that? Who does it in that sequence? Who first hires very expensive lawyers before making the decision whether or not to use them? Not even the government is that wasteful. The CNN story notes the move I've noted here, the reassignment of terrorism and espionage prosecutor David Raskin from the January 6th insurrection beat to the Trump stolen documents beat. But it adds a second previously unreported roster expansion. David Rohde, a prosecutor turned defense lawyer who previously specialized in gang and conspiracy cases and has worked extensively with government cooperators, has joined the Department of Justice. Conspiracy cases, you say? Government cooperators, you say? Cash Patel, you say? Turns out in a previous spin in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, this guy, Rody prosecuted terrorism, money laundering, bribery, racketeering, and good old obstruction of justice. Sounds like Trump's kind of guy. But wait, there's more. CNN adds Mr. Rohde, quote, left a lucrative partnership at the prestigious corporate defense firm Sidley Austin in recent weeks to become a senior counsel at DOJ in the criminal division in Washington, according to his LinkedIn profile. According to his LinkedIn profile? Come on! Forgetting for a moment the absurdity of that, how did you find out they added a conspiracy prosecutor in the Trump group? Well, I saw it on his LinkedIn profile. The question repeats itself, who does this? Who gets a high-priced corporate defense attorney to quit a partnership to join the Department of Justice just in case, maybe on the off chance, they finally decide to prosecute Trump, perhaps? They did not hire Dave Rohde back from White Shoe Law Partners, Inc. to have him sit around 
inside the glass, which they can break in case of an emergency when Garland flips a coin and it comes up heads. I will give far-right critics of the Justice Department's handling of this these last few weeks credit for one thing. Well-placed individuals inside DOJ have done a pretty damn good job of getting around this ludicrous do-nothing, say-nothing that might affect any election. You and I know it is ludicrous because doing nothing, saying nothing, in and of itself affects the election. But if you didn't want to stick to the rule... You didn't have to go leaking everything. You could have indicted Trump when it became clear he had stolen documents detailing another nation's nuclear capabilities and stolen documents about China and Iran and stolen documents that would give away U.S. intelligence assets and maybe get some of our spies and moles and sources killed. So still we try to be of good cheer, even as we recognize that earlier action, earlier recognition that Trump's tenure in the White House should make the willingness to prosecute him stronger and not weaker might have impacted the midterms in some positive way. I was asked yesterday by a reporter why I keep pounding CNN's new management for trying to keep its news coverage straight down the middle. I pointed out that when one party is dedicated to preserving democracy, even for when they themselves lose elections, and the other party is dedicated to destroying democracy, even when they win elections, covering them both straight down the middle is like taking the same journalistic and ethical approach to the murderer and the murder victim. Pending whatever the Justice Department does, Hang on, let me see if anybody has updated their LinkedIn profile to I just indicted Trump. Pending what they may or may not do, the strongest action against him to date has just been made by the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, Crew, which said yesterday that when Trump does formally declare his bid to again take over our country, Crew will sue to get him disqualified from ever again holding office. This, of course, would be under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which originally barred Civil War Confederate leaders from trying to regain power in the Union by disqualifying anyone who had engaged in insurrection against the Constitution when they had sworn to protect the Constitution. It sounds like a ridiculously long shot, but Crew has already made it stick when a New Mexico judge ordered Coy Griffin, a January 6th insurrectionist, removed from his position as county commissioner of Otero County there. It is useful to periodically remind ourselves that all this is still as insane as it was the day Trump came down that goddamned escalator in the lobby of the Bad Taste Building over here on Fifth Avenue. A week ago this morning... A fervent MAGA lunatic, a believer in the big lie about the 2020 election, a QAnon cultist, a Pizzagate idiot, in short, one of Donald Trump's henchmen, broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives with the intention of torturing her with a hammer until she told him some kind of truth he wanted to hear, and when she was not there, he instead fractured her husband's skull and then admitted to police on tape that this was a political suicide mission to stop the Democrats and their, quote, lies coming out of Washington, D.C. And his party's candidates are favored to take the House or the Senate or both next Tuesday instead of scratching into prison walls how many more years they have to serve before they are eligible for parole. It is madness 
and it results from the good guys playing by the rules while the fascists break all of them and whine when caught and fundraise on getting away with it. And so I am thinking today of the 19th century British liberal member of parliament, Henry Labouchere, who complained of the ceaselessly pious and infinitely holier-than-thou Prime Minister W.E. Gladstone, quote, I don't object to Gladstone always having the ace of Trump's up his sleeve, but merely to his belief that the Almighty put it there. Still ahead, basketball's Kyrie Irving suspended finally for anti-Semitism. I told you Elon Musk's idea of selling blue check marks was blackmail, and now it turns out, yeah, it's blackmail. In the wake of the dubious World Series no-hitter, there's something about the 1956 World Series perfect game that was anything but perfect. You probably never heard about it before. Prosecute officials who made bad COVID decisions, Laura Ingram says. Does she know who the lead official was who made the bad COVID decisions? And it's Fridays with Thurber. This time, his story of the man who boasted one time too many about how good fortune was saving him from disaster. The luck of Jad Peters coming up. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Still ahead, Laura Ingram wants to prosecute government officials who effed up the COVID pandemic. You mean like uh, Trump? Gotta say, I did not see that coming. And as predicted, Elon Musk is going to blackmail public figures. Pay me for your authentication checkmark, or maybe I'll sell your identity to somebody else. Worst person's coming up. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Do not let Kalto's breed Pitbull mislead you. He was a stray, and his reaction to people feeding him in the pound, he wags his tail, he takes the treat gently, he doesn't tense up, he's grateful for every act of kindness, and he likes the other dogs. He does not like being on death row at the New York Pound. It is a nightmare there. On top of the usual overcrowding and rush to kill, there's a pneumonia outbreak. Kalto's only chance to get out is if we pledge to help a rescue group pull him out. He has almost no pledges right now. He's a good dog. We're his only chance. If you can pledge, do so by replying to my tweet, either in my personal account, or he'll be the pinned tweet in my account for dogs in need. Thank you for helping Kalto and for retweeting him. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline San Francisco, as I guessed the other day, Elmo Muskrat's plan to sell Twitter blue check marks to anybody who asks is not populism nor fairness. It's blackmail. The New York Times has seen internal documents. The new form of blue checks will not involve verified identities. You will not have to prove you are you. You will only have to go pay Elmer. In other words, if I don't give him eight bucks a month to be Keith Elberman with a check mark, you can give him eight bucks a month and you can be Keith Elberman with a check mark. What Elston hasn't counted on, of course, is that if he does that to say, uh, I don't know, Taylor Swift, she could then sue him for $110 billion. The Times also reports Elbert wants to partner with celebrities to let tweeters pay to send them direct messages. Congrats, Elon Musk. You've just invented stalking. Prediction at this rate, Twitter will be down to 414 users by next May. Dateline Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. CNBC has canceled the news with Shepard Smith. It is the latest of about 200 different programs the network has tried since the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal ended and it moved Chris Matthews to MSNBC. I mean, I'm being serious about this, but this represents something bigger. For at least 15 years, various executives at NBC News, at MSNBC, at CNBC were jonesing like you wouldn't believe to hire Shepard Smith, mostly because of his ratings at Fox News, just as they hired Megyn Kelly because of her ratings at Fox News and Greta Van Susteren because of her ratings at Fox News without ever once recognizing that the Fox audience would watch an ice cube melting if the ice cube could insult liberals and demean minorities. Shepard Smith rarely did any of that stuff, but ratings-wise, he slipped-streamed around such programs. 
Either way, this does permit me to repeat the Saturday Night Live 2011 sketch punchline with Bill Hader as Shepard Smith. It's either the 7th or 8th GOP debate. Good evening. I'm Shepard Smith, and I come from a town full of secrets. And Dateline 1211 6th Avenue, New York City, front page of its website last night about the release of Paul Pelosi from the hospital with the headline at Fox News reading, Nancy Pelosi addresses husband's, quote, assault, unquote, by suspected illegal immigrant. That address again is 1211 6th Avenue. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, game five, Jeremy Pena, the rookie shortstop who was so good, the Houston Astros let Carlos Correa walk, singled in the first run, then homered for the second one, and then Philadelphia native Chaz McCormick made a leaping catch for the Astros against the center field fence for the game's penultimate out as Justin Verlander ended his World Series winless streak that stretched back to the year 2006. The Astros beat the Phillies 3-2, and that's how much they now lead the World Series by as it shifts back to Houston for Game 6 Saturday night. What happened to that Phillies 2-1 lead? It was noted that this was the first time the Phillies had worn their powder blue uniforms in a World Series game since Game 2 of the Series of 1983, which I covered for CNN. What most observers left out of that observation was, as Game 2 of the 1983 World Series began, the Philadelphia Phillies had just upset the Dodgers three games to one to make the series. They had won 15 of their last 18 regular season games, and they had just beaten the Orioles in Game 1 to take a 1-0 lead in the 1983 World Series. And then, overnight... They turned from the hottest team in baseball into a squad of old-timers. The Phillies lost four games in a row to lose the World Series in five. They only scored seven runs in those four games. That winter, they got rid of future Hall of Famers Pete Rose, Tony Perez, and Joe Morgan. I'm guessing on Rose. I could get in in the year 2362. They also got rid of outfielders Gary Matthews and Bob Dernier and pitchers Larry Christensen, Willie Hernandez, and Ron Reed. They didn't reach the series again for another decade. And another note about the combined no-hitter by the Astros in Game 4 of the World Series on Wednesday night, at which I was not alone in taking a lot of shots. In fairness, I should take this opportunity to point out that the only one-pitcher no-hitter in World Series history, the perfect game... In the 1956 World Series by Don Larson of the Yankees was aided by a vital fact that got lost in the folds of history until a kinescope of the TV broadcast of Larson's Perfecto was discovered in 2009. In the third inning, the play-by-play announcer Mel Allen asks the director of the broadcast to pan the crowd in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. Allen notes that the demand for tickets was so large that day, 64,519 fans attended 64,000 the Yankees did something unusual to make a little more money they took down the so-called batter's eye in center field and they sold hundreds of bleacher seats that usually would not be sold because you'd be sitting behind this giant tarpaulin called the batter's eye in short in a day game with the crisp New York October combination of sun and shadow the big black square 
that batters would see behind the pitcher as he releases the ball, put there so they can see him release the ball, it was not there that day. The background, as 27 consecutive Brooklyn Dodger hitters got nothing off Don Larson, was people, many of them in white shirts. With that realization, the real achievement on that day in 1956 was not Don Larson's perfect game. It was the fact that his Yankee teammates somehow managed to get five hits off Sal Magley, the pitcher of the Brooklyn Dodgers, including a home run by Mickey Mantle. Thank you, Nancy Faust. And finally, somebody did something about Kyrie Irving, the Kanye West of the National Basketball Association. He has been suspended indefinitely by his team because they say he is, quote, currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. Man, for that to be true, you have to be really unfit. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver had asked for an apology about the anti-Semitic associations Irving had made, and he did not get it. And then reporters asked Irving for a straight-up yes or no, do you have anti-Semitic beliefs? Now, the correct answer to that question, if it ever comes up in your life, 10 million times out of 10 million, even if you really do, the correct answer is always, no, I don't. But Kyrie Irving could not bring himself to say even that. Do you have any anti-Semitic beliefs? Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again. But this is not going to turn into a spin around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear though is yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. Irving's suspension will last at least five games. He knows where he's going for the five games. While he is confident he knows where he comes from or whatever that garbage was he said, the FBI last night was busy warning citizens of nearby New Jersey of credible information of a broad threat to synagogues in that state. Two other important notes from sports. The greatest punter in the history of football, college or pro, has died. Ray Guy of Southern Mississippi and the Oakland Raiders was 72. He'd been sick for a while. In 14 years, he had three punts blocked, and more than 20% of his punts landed inside the opposition's 20-yard line. And Sunday is the New York City Marathon. Runners can usually rely on the usual early November temperatures, high 40s, low 50s. The forecast for Sunday, somewhere around 70 degrees with 85% humidity. Good luck out there, kids. Ahead, Fridays with Thurber and his relative who used to boast about how something told him to avoid the sinking ship or the collapsing lumber yard. And then one day, that something stopped warning him. The luck of Jad Peters coming up. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze. The Mount Sinai School of Medicine. I know this will feed into COVID paranoia, but, you know, don't don't worry about that. Worry about this. The website The Intercept reports 
that on the first Friday of September in 2011, a researcher in a lab a block from Central Park in New York was working on an experiment with a ferret. And the ferret had been infected with the 1918 influenza strain, the first pandemic. The one that killed maybe 50 million people worldwide. The ferret bit the scientist and bit so hard that it went through two pairs of gloves and broke skin. I'm thinking the ferret was mad at being infected with the 1918 influenza strain. Anyway, the problem here is Mount Sinai responded by giving the researcher a flu shot, giving him a respirator mask and a prescription for Tamiflu and sending him home. Obviously, he did not wind up spreading it around the world and causing a new round of 1918 flu in 2011, but that's not the point. They never found a good treatment for that flu, let alone a vaccine. So why is anybody screwing around with it? Let it lie dormant. The runner-up, William J. Briggs II, the attorney for Josh Primo, the player the San Antonio Spurs dumped last week after repeated accusations that he indecently exposed himself to multiple women, at least three of them, including the team psychologist, Dr. Hillary Cawthon. The team did not renew Dr. Cawthon's contract, and she said yesterday she would now file criminal complaints, and she sued the San Antonio Spurs and the player Primo, saying Primo exposed himself to her nine different times. Primo's attorney, Briggs, with this response, to imply the doctor was coming on to Primo, quoting Briggs, in an act of betrayal against her young client, Dr. Cawthon, who is 40 years old, falsely claims Josh Primo exposed himself. Dr. Cawthon's allegations are either a complete fabrication, a gross embellishment, or utter fantasy. Wow, so age shame the woman, claims she lied or was having a fantasy about this basketball kid. It's an interesting strategy by Primo, hiring a lawyer who might be a bigger scumbag than he is. But our winner, Laura Ingram. A new kick for Eva Braun with a Fox show and a deviated septum, prosecuting governor, government officials for their bad responses to COVID. No amnesty for the COVID police, she wrote in a retweet. Zero. This was a retweet of her own video segment from her fascist festival show, which itself asked the rhetorical question, should there be amnesty for officials who made disastrous COVID decisions? Prosecuting officials who made disastrous COVID decisions? I have to say, I did not see Laura Ingram coming out in favor of indicting Trump for how he handled the pandemic. Laura, drink that bleach, Ingram. Today's worst person in the world. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. the number one story on the countdown and this being the friday edition this is the day i give you a break from my endless career reminiscences that takes us to the morning of august 3rd 1982 and instead i bring you some of the timeless classics of james thurber thurber wrote a lot about his family and as time has gone by especially since his death we have found out that his family promptly wrote a lot back to and about him and a lot of those writings had swear words in them Thurber's brothers were particularly unhappy with how they were portrayed, even though their names were changed in all the stories. Other family members said a lot of the stories that Thurber wrote were often, well, embellished. But in Thurber's defense, it's fiction. It's supposed to be embellished. That's why they paid him for it. Otherwise, it would be stenography. I mean, I really would not bet money that the luck of Jad Peters... From Thurber's 1935 collection, The Middle-Aged Man on the Flying Trapeze. And what a title that is, The Middle-Aged Man on the Flying Trapeze. I'm not going to bet money that this is 100% accurate, especially the finale. But so what? Not long ago, a book was actually put out that tries to present the facts of each of the James Thurber stories about his family, about his life in Columbus, Ohio, about his marriages. It's interesting, but... Kind of misses the point. Maybe it's true. Maybe it ain't. But it certainly is The Luck of Jad Peters by James Thurber. Aunt Emma Peters, at 83, the year she died, 
still kept in her unused front parlor on the table with Jad Peters's collection of lucky souvenirs, a large, rough fragment of rock weighing perhaps 20 pounds. The rock stood in the center of a curious array of odds and ends, a piece of tent canvas, a chip of pine wood, a yellowed telegram, some old newspaper clippings, the cork from a bottle, a bill from a surgeon. Aunt Emma never talked about the strange collection except once, during her last days, when somebody asked her if she wouldn't feel better if the rock were thrown away. Let it stay where Lisbeth put it, she said. All that I know about the souvenirs I have got from other members of the family. A few of them didn't think it was decent that the rock should have been part of the collection, but Aunt Lisbeth, Emma's sister, had insisted that it should be. In fact, it was Aunt Lisbeth Banks who hired a man to lug it to the house and put it on the table with the rest of the things. It's as much God's doing as that other clattered chap, she would say. And she would rock back and forth in her rocking chair with a grim look. You can't taunt the Lord, she would add. She was a very religious woman. I used to see her now and again at funerals, tall, gaunt, grim, but I never talked to her if I could help it. She liked funerals, and she liked to look at corpses, and that made me afraid of her. Just back of the souvenir table at Aunt Emma's on the wall hung a heavy framed full-length photograph of Aunt Emma's husband, Jad Peters. It showed him wearing a hat and overcoat and carrying a suitcase. When I was a little boy in the early 1900s and was taken to Aunt Emma's house near Sugar Grove, Ohio, I used to wonder about that photograph. I didn't wonder about the rock and the other objects because they weren't put there till much later. It seemed so funny for anyone to be photographed in a hat and overcoat and carrying a suitcase, and even funnier to have the photograph enlarged to almost life-size and put inside so elaborate a frame. When we children would sneak into the front parlor to look at the picture, Aunt Emma would hurry us out again. When we asked her about the picture, she would say, "'Never you mind!' But when I grew up, I learned the story of the big photograph and of how Jad Peters came to be known as Lucky Jad. As a matter of fact, it was Jad who began calling himself that once when he ran for a county office and lost. He had Lucky Jad Peters printed on his campaign cards. Nobody else took the name up except in a scoffing way. It seems that back in 1888, when Jad Peters was about 35, he had a pretty good business of some kind or other, which caused him to travel around quite a lot. One week he went to New York with the intention of going on to Newport later by ship. Something turned up back home, however, and one of his employees sent him a telegram reading, Don't go to Newport, urgent you return here. Jad's story was that he was on the ship ready to sail when the telegram was delivered, it had been sent to his hotel, he said, a few minutes after he had checked out, and an obliging clerk had hustled the messenger boy on down to the dock. That was Jad's story. Most people believed, when they heard the story, that Jad had got the wire at his hotel probably hours before the ship sailed, for he was a great one at adorning a tale. At any rate, whether or not he rushed off the ship just before the gangplank was hauled up, it sailed without him, and some eight or nine hours out of the harbor, it sank in a storm with the loss of everybody on board. That's why he had the photograph taken 
and enlarged. It showed him just as he was when he got off that ship, he said. And that is how he came to start his collection of lucky souvenirs. For a few years, he kept the telegram and the newspaper clippings of the ship disaster tucked away in the family Bible. But one day, he got them out and put them on the parlor table under a big glass bell. From 1888 up until 1920, when Jad died, nothing much happened to him. He is remembered in his later years as a garrulous, boring old fellow whose business slowly went to pieces because of his lack of industry, and who finally settled down on a small farm near Sugar Grove and barely scraped out an existence. He took to drinking in his 60s, and from then on made Aunt Emma's life miserable. I don't know how she managed to keep up the payments on his life insurance policy, but some way or other she did. Some of her relatives said among themselves that it would be a blessing if Jad died in one of his frequent fits of nausea. It was pretty well known that Aunt Emma had never liked him very much. She married him because he asked her to twice a week for seven years and because there had been absolutely nobody else she cared about. She stayed married to him on account of their children and because her people always stayed married. She grew, in spite of Jad, to be a quiet, kindly old lady as the years went on, although her mouth would take on a strained, tight look when Jad showed up at dinner time from wherever he had been during the day, usually from down at Prentice's store in the village, where he liked to sit around telling about the time he just barely got off the domed boat in New York Harbor in 88 and adding tales more or less fantastic of more recent close escapes he had had. There was his appendicitis operation, for one thing. He had come up out of the ether, he would say, just when they had given him up. Dr. Benham, who had performed the operation, was annoyed when he heard this and once met Jad in the street and asked him to quit repeating the preposterous story. But Jad added the doctor's bill to his collection of talismans anyway. And there was the time when he had got up in the middle of the night to take a swig of stomach bitters for a bad case of heartburn and had got hold of the carbolic acid bottle by mistake. Something told him, he would say, to take a look at the bottle before he uncorked it. So he carried it to a lamp, lighted the lamp, and he'd be goddamn if it wasn't carbolic acid. It was then he added the cork to his collection. Old Jad got so that he could figure out lucky escapes for himself in almost every disaster and calamity that happened in and around Sugar Grove. Once, for example, a tent blew down during a windstorm at the Fairfield County Fair, killing two people and injuring a dozen others. Jad hadn't gone to the fair for the first time in nine or ten years that year. Something told him, he would say, to stay away from the fair that year. The fact that he always went to the fair... When he did go on a Thursday and that the tent blew down on a Saturday didn't make any difference to Jad. He hadn't been there and the tent blew down and two people were killed. After the accident, he went to the fairgrounds and cut a piece of canvas from the tent and put it in the parlor table next to the cork from the carbolic acid bottle. Lucky Jad Peters. I think Aunt Emma got so that she didn't hear Jad when he was talking, except on evenings when neighbors dropped in, and then she would have had to take hold of the conversation and steer it away from any opening that might give Jad a chance to tell of some close escape he had had. But he always got his licks in. He would bide his time, creaking back and forth in his chair, clicking his teeth, 
not listening much to the talk about the crops and begonias and the latest reports on the Spencer's feeble-minded child. And then, when there was a long pause, he would clear his throat and say that that reminded him of the time he had a mind to go down to Pullen's Lumberyard to fetch home a couple of two-by-fours to shore up the chicken house. Well, sir, he had pottered around the house a little while and was about to set out for Pullen's when something told him not to go a step, and it was that very day that a pile of lumber in the lumberyard let go and crushed Grant Pullen's leg so it had to be amputated. Well, sir, he would say... But Aunt Emma would cut in on him at this point. Everybody's heard that old chestnut, she would say with a forced little laugh, fanning herself in quick strokes with an old palm leaf fan. Jad would go sullen and rock back and forth in his chair, clicking his teeth. He wouldn't get up when the guests rose to go, which they always did at this juncture. The memento of his close escape from the Pullen lumberyard disaster was, of course, the chip of pinewood. I think I have accounted now for all of Jad's souvenirs that I remember except the big, rough fragment of rock. The story of the rock is a strange one. In August 1920, county engineers were widening the channel of the Hocking River just outside of Sugar Grove and had occasion to do considerable blasting out of riverbed rock. I have never heard Clem Warden tell the story himself, but it has been told to me by people who have. It seems that Clem was walking along the main street of Sugar Grove at about a quarter to four when he saw Jad coming along toward him. Clem was an old crony of Jad's, one of the few men of his own generation who could tolerate Jad, and the two stopped on the sidewalk and talked. Clem figured later that they'd talked for about five minutes, and then either he or Jad said something about getting on, so they separated, Jad going on towards Prentice's store, slowly, on account of his rheumatic left hip, and Clem going in the other way, Clem had taken about a dozen steps when suddenly he heard Jad call to him, Say, Clem! Jad said. Clem stopped and turned around, and there was Jad walking back toward him. Jad had taken about six steps when suddenly he was flung up against the front of Matheny's harness store like a sack of salt, as Clem put it. By the time Clem could reach him, he was gone. He never knew what hit him, Clem said, and for quite a few minutes nobody else knew what hit him either. Then somebody in the crowd that gathered found the big muddy rock lying in the road by the gutter. A particularly big shot of dynamite set off in the riverbed had hurtled the fragment through the air with terrific force. It had come flying over the four-story Jackson building like a cannonball, and it had struck Jad Peters squarely in the chest. I suppose old Jad had not been in his grave two days before the boys at Prentice's quit shaking their heads solemnly over the accident and began making funny remarks about it. Cal Greggs was the funniest. Well, sir, said Cal, I don't suppose none of us will ever know what it was now, but something must have told Jad to turn around. The Luck of Jad Peters by James Thurber. Well, sir, I've done all the damage I can do here. Thanks for listening. 
Follow this podcast if you're not doing so already. Tell a friend, stop a neighbor, punch a passerby. We're number one among news and political podcasts not produced by any network. I'm greedy. I want more. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth here, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, which was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments from Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was John Dean, and, well, sir, everything else is pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 668th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode on Monday. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and, well, sir, good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.